0: What? Yeah.
1: To another episode of What's the Word with Will? Hey, I am excited today. I got my live
0: sister up in here. Woo-hoo-hoo.
1: I am super excited. I got my live sister on the call today, Miss Naya Lewis. We are going to be talking about Mental Health Day. World Mental Health Day was this past Saturday, I believe, October um, 10th. And I wanted to air a special episode highlighting mental health because this has become uh even more prominent now than it has in the past. And I believe there is more awareness being brought to it now than ever before. So we're just going to dive right in. I am excited, y'all. We are going to have a good show today. All right, I am so glad my sister's on the show. So, um, Naya, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came into the career of mental health.
2: Good day, old listeners. I um, mental health started with me pretty early. I when I was in high school, I took a psychology class and I really liked it. And then, so my senior year, I took the AP psychology class, which is the advanced placement. I said, okay, cool, I'm gonna be a psychology major, and that's what I did. So I majored in psychology or undergrad. And right after undergrad, I went right to graduate school where I got my master's degree in mental health counseling. And then right after that, I started working to get my hours, which you need to obtain your full license. And the more I worked in it, I just really enjoyed meeting the people, um, hearing the different stories and realizing that just how a conversation with a person can be so beneficial. Even I talk to people just on an airplane or on a train and not even prefacing it with, oh, hey, I'm a counselor. Just, hey, can I get your advice on this? So just random conversations and you'll see how just small talking, spreading positive energy can be really beneficial to people. So that's always kind of pushed me. And I've had really good guidance counselors in high school that kept in contact with me, really good professors who were just always pushing me, sending me resources. So that's kind of how I got into it and was able to do
1: it. Awesome. Awesome. That kind of rolls me into the to the next question, kind of digging into the meat here. What does mental health mean to you?
2: So to me, mental health is how we feel, how we think and how we act, how we handle stress, how we relate to others and how we make choices. It's really a critical part of our everyday function. And it's equally, in my opinion, as important as the physical health because it's all connected.
0: It's all connected.
1: OK, cool, cool. A, a lot of people uh, have said in the past and even I've said, you know, sometimes talking to a counselor can be like talking to an old friend. Of course, you know, you have to keep those professional boundaries. But, you know, just being able to open up, build rapport, have conversations and kind of facilitate change in a person, I think, has always been an amazing thing to do. And I think it's a different lens for people to look at, you know, when the stigmas come up, when it comes to counseling, when we'll get in, which we will get into in just a few moments what is the difference in just having a few bad days and feeling down and recognizing that there's a concern?
2: So I feel like people ask me that question a lot. And I think obviously, you know, it varies between person to person, but in general, what I would typically say is a few bad days is usually caused by something that happened that caused you to feel that way. So I E you got a flat tire on the way to your interview, your head got rained on your fresh blowout. Now it's messed up. You had, you know, things like that, that would, typically throw you off versus a cause for concern could be something like a continuous feeling of feeling hopeless, having lost the interest of things that you normally enjoy. So the things that usually bring you joy are no longer bringing you joy. You're feeling really, really irritable, having trouble concentrating and making decisions. And the one that I know a lot of people don't want to talk about, but that is really important. And that's if you have thoughts of hurting yourself. Yeah, when it's like a cause for
0: concern
2: Mm
1: or
0: someone else but especially yourself absolutely important
1: yes yes Um, what is the biggest misconception about mental health
2: I think so all the time people say oh well I don't want to talk to a stranger about my problems and kind of like you just said previously that's not always their experience so I think that that's one of the biggest misconceptions about mental health is that it makes you weak if you want to go to counseling like oh you should be strong enough to handle your own problems girl like You don't want some stranger trying to give you advice. It doesn't make you weak to go to counseling. It's actually very insightful to go to counseling. You can learn a lot about yourself and how to live a more fulfilling life. Also, people will always say that they don't want to talk to a stranger. Yeah, you don't have to tell people that you don't to counseling. And you talk to strangers for work. You talk to strangers just in your everyday life. So I think that those are two misconceptions that it's for weak people and that they just don't feel comfortable talking to a stranger about their personal problems but rest assured that whoever your therapist is that they hopefully are professional and that they're not going to be spreading the word around to them about what y'all discussing on session and they probably have biggest to try to be talking about you personally so
1: absolutely and namely to be that's unethical do that right. you know so you could lose <laughs> your license behind that so <laughs> definitely want you know just kind of make that clear and and the, and the fact that I I also in addition to what you said, I feel like a lot of times people, it, it has to be the stigma, like something's wrong with you, you know, like you're not uh, genetically made up correctly or something. If you have to go to counseling, and I mean, it, everybody, uh, this uh, person I, I heard it on the show, I can't think of it right in the moment, but uh, the guy he said everybody needs a little brain fixing, and I'm like, that's true. Everybody needs a little straightening out up here sometimes, you know, just to kind of sort things out because life is very heavy. Um, We deal with a lot of things uh, in life and sometimes we just don't know how to kind of navigate the strategies and the coping skills to make it work, you know, so that you can keep going. So I definitely agree with you there.
0: Well,
2: and to add to that too. I was going to say a lot of people think um, like when you go to therapy that you are going to come out, like you go to therapy on Tuesday and by the end of your session, you're going to have this diagnosis and now you're limited to that box. And when someone told me that, it, I was like, really, that's what you think? And it made me not sad, but I was like, no, it doesn't work like that. Like you don't go on Tuesday and then when it's over, they say you have this and then you start medication. It doesn't work that way, but that's why information is power. And that's why these platforms are good. So people can understand that it's not like you go to the doctor, you you have a cold, they give you the z pack, you go home. But that's not how therapy works. It's a process that takes time and people should be open to the time that it takes. And it's not going to be one session or two session and you just feel better. And it's like, oh, well, this counts. I didn't win twice and I don't feel any better. Trust the process, y'all. It takes time.
1: All right. Thank you for that. So how can myths and misconceptions be debunked?
2: I think that well, when people say you can't knock until you try it, I stand on that as obviously it pertains to the situation. So I would definitely say don't knock until you try because that will be your experience. When people share experiences, that's based on their own experience. Your experience could truly be the total opposite of what your friend experienced or your own experience for your best friend. So give it a try for yourself. I also think, and I'm grateful that people are using their platforms like celebrities and they're sharing their experiences and based um, and sharing it with people. And it's really encouraging a lot of people to seek help, help, even if it's on a smaller scale. So I'm hoping that between people sharing their stories and people just taking the first step to actually go and consider therapy, or maybe even a group or calling the chat line and that'll be, the first step to help them debunk these myths, because the only way to debunk it is to actually try it out.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I do, and and it seems like it's more and more, uh, like these you know eight hundred numbers even texted now. Uh, because yeah. as a counselor myself in, in the school system, uh, we get information in order to pass on to the students because you know, of course, you know we ha- you have to just. Uh, compartmentalize it, if you will, you know, so we, you know, because we answer on the weekend, you can be held liable. So, you know, just try to have those things in place with them if they, you know, feel like they need help. And I tried it once just to see if it worked for one of my students and somebody texted me back right away. And I told him, and I just was like, this is just a test. I was just making sure, you know, it worked because one of my students was in distress. They're doing okay now, but you know, the weekend is coming and I just wanted to make sure they had a resource and that it was a reliable one and it worked. So that was kind of amazing as well. Like you know, aside from calling, we got to texting now. You know, with different numbers, so
2: which is more discreet, and I mm-hmm. think some people prefer that as well. Yes, and especially people on their phone a lot, so I get that. Which is all of us. But that, that's know. what I
1: say. That's more, more, that's more of us. us more, more yeah. of us. Yes. Um. What do you believe is the different, um, the different types of mental health professionals? Uh, and how they differ basically in your opinion, like a life coach, a psychiatrist, psychologist, licensed social worker, licensed professional counselor. Uh, what are some similarities and differences that you, um, believe are involved with those, uh, different titles that I just did? So, um, so a life
2: coach I know is. I've heard people say, and actually it's funny because one of my old supervisors was a life coach and she knew that I was in school for counseling at the time. So I asked her, I said, well, is life coaching like unlicensed therapy? She said, no, it's more helping a person develop like obtainable goals and it's working with them where they are now versus, versus like therapy. You're kind of going back in the past, dealing with the present. Digging
1: in. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. So life coaching, that's my understanding of it, of life coaching. It's kind of more focused on goals and obtainable goals. Versus in-depth analysis that therapy is.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So psychiatry, a psychiatrist is a medical doctor and they can't prescribe medicine. So essentially they went to medical school for four years and their residency was in psychiatry. Mm-hmm. So they can prescribe medicine. They can diagnose treatment for mental illness and emotional illness, but they are the people that's writing a prescription. Mm-hmm. So a psychologist is a person who is licensed at the PhD level um, to, in some states, they can write, they can prescribe medicine, but a psychologist can have a PhD or a PsyD in psychology, counseling, clinical, and they typically do therapy, but they also um, sometimes will do research at universities or both.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the social worker is so funny because when I, it's like an undergrad, it was always like, well, you don't want to go to social work. And when I went to my internship, they're like, you don't want to be a social worker. And I'm like, first of all, no, because I have a whole degree in psychology already. Right. And I am not internships. I'm not switching. Um, so they are always kind of trying to pin us together, but social worker and licensed professional counselor, which is what I am, they have, um, a lot of similarities. They both can be trained in psychotherapy. They both can be licensed at the master's level to facilitate therapy, individual therapy, group therapy. And so they're kind of similar, except for the social worker, they typically, um, you know, have a master's degree in social work, whereas someone like myself, LPC, have a master's degree in either counseling or mental health or one of those, um. Or
1: or psychology maybe one of those skills, but they're licensed at the master's level through the state. Okay, awesome, awesome. Um, Just to add to that, and I I, I do not know this to be true, but I just always felt, and I haven't looked at any research, but I just I felt too like social workers kind of deal with like a family unit, you know, kind of as the way the licensed professional counselor just kind of deals with the individual and I'm not I'm definitely not saying that's not the case like you know licensed uh, social workers don't deal with the individual um but in a few cases that I've seen <coughs> excuse me uh licensed social workers I just felt like I, they were dealing kind of with a an individual but the family too you know to yeah. how that individual you know how they possibly can help or just you know make the dynamics of the overall family together so I kind of found that interesting as well thank you for that Um, Do you believe an individual can recognize that they are possibly in mental distress?
2: Definitely. And I think that the first step is to making a conscious effort to pay more attention to how you feel. And so don't dismiss those feelings. If you're feeling like, okay, hey, this is my show. This is my favorite show. I mean, with the exception that the the show might really start to be boring. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But they normally make you happy. If they don't make you happy anymore and you're like, oh, this kind of sucks. I don't like this. That could be a sign. If you're feeling just more confused, having mood swings, take note of that. And I'm a very, I'll consider myself very thorough. So I'm always taking notes. I'm like, okay, Monday, Tuesday. So I would suggest for people, um tips that they could use to recognize when they're distressed is pay attention to how you feel, track it, whether it doesn't have to be this long journal thing, but maybe say Monday, thumbs up, Tuesday, thumbs down, Wednesday, thumbs to the side. could be whatever rhythm works for you. But pay attention to how you feel and if you're feeling any extreme mood swings that, you know, go on for longer than about 10 days, it's probably safe to say that you might be having some um, issues, coping with whatever stress you're going through and that it just piles up and adds up. It never really goes down. It just, it just adds up. So,
1: And, and, and so that, and so thank you because I was going to ask you for possible signs. So, upon like the realization that something's not quite right, Is it just as simple as, hey, something's not right, I need to talk to, I need to find a a counselor or a psychiatrist, like, how do they even try to, like, go about trying to navigate that piece and who they should talk to or what next steps they should take? Because some people, like, for me personally, just, I would just think, okay, I'll talk to my primary care, see what um, referrals they can give, Um, but a lot of people may not know that. Um, I talked to someone the other day and they didn't even know where to start you know they were looking online which i don't think anything's wrong with that as well um but i tend to want to me personally deal with like the familiarity of things so like again i would you know ask my doctor like hey do you have any referrals or anything like that or you know maybe call the insurance company and kind of tell them what i'm looking for see if they can help match everything's online nowadays nobody wants to talk to you so that's kind of tough too (laughs) So that's kind of tough, too. But uh, is it really that simple uh, for next steps upon realizing that something is not quite right?
2: So it's funny. And I always have to try to answer this question based on like. So for myself, I'm like a computer whiz. Like I'm 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 a find it. Well, if it's on the Internet, I'm a find it. I'm a thorough person. I'm a it. But for people who people like my parents who are the Internet whiz people, if it's not your Internet email, you might get a little confused. I think that what you suggested is a really good um step to call your primary care physician because they can recommend people in your network. I also say uh Google is go <laughs> it's literally you can type so for example if your insurance is Aetna etna therapist, putting your zip code, it will pop up. You can go to typically um, you know, the healthcare provider's website putting your zip code. Nowadays you can filter it out versus if you would prefer a male counselor, a female counselor, um Location if you want to do telehealth, if you want to have it be a faith based session, they have people who um have different emphasis areas, emphasis areas. So I think it's uh, yeah, it is kind of simple, but it's knowing how to use those resources. Sure. Because the internet it's unlimited. And mm-hmm. like you said, call some time, it can be a little frustrating because they'll put you on an automated person and you like operator operator
0: operator mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they
2: you never talk to anybody. So I would definitely say give the internet a try. But you could start with your um primary care position too because they should have a good
1: referral sure. awesome awesome so in contrast to that someone may notice they're distressed but doesn't have insurance are there resources for individuals who need mental health uh counseling and they don't have insurance
2: so it's funny because uh well not funny but it makes me think of my internship so i worked i had did a couple of internships and one of my internships i did was with D.C. government, it was the Comprehensive Psychiatric Emergency Program. And so that's the mobile crisis unit. And most states okay. have them, at least not a state, but they have them. And so they have a crisis hotline that you can call. That's free. And it's not an ongoing counseling, but they can link you to services that might provide, um, you know, an initial counseling for free. They also I always tell people to call the hotlines kind of similar to what we were discussing earlier.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: National Alliance for Mental Health Illness, they have a really good hotline that's 24-7. SAMHSA, which is through HHS, is the Substance Abuse Mental Health Services Administration. They have a 24-hour hotline. NIH, CDC. They have, if you just go to the website, type in mental health, it's a whole page full of resources hotline. They have the text hotline. They have one for teens. They have one for adults. And I have to say this again, the suicide prevention is really important for people if you're just having those um, thoughts of hurting yourself to definitely Google Suicide prevention hotline, they always are on there all the time. And also, if you live by like a university, like a big school, it doesn't have to be a big school. If you live by a university, they'll have potentially maybe sometime free counselors, sometime on a sliding scale because they will have students who were, you know, trying to get those hours. So they're looking for those resources and they'll say, hey, oh yeah, we'll do it for free or we'll do it for a $25 fee. And also at the state level, they really have a lot of resources, especially now with people Put a more of an emphasis on mental health. They have a lot of resources that might not necessarily be free, but it could entail maybe a free consultation or, for sure, a reduced price uh, when it comes to therapy. Because everybody's really kind of on board with it, which is a good thing. But you can start at the state
0: level. Just something,
1: school, yeah no, no no that's good something to get the foot in the door so that that's important because once you get your foot in there then there can open up more doors of where to try to go or how to try to get the resource so that's just the main thing trying to just get that one foot in the door so thank you i learned that that was good information thank you how long is it advised to seek help for mental health related concerns? I know that's like an open ended question because, you know, depending on the situation, it can definitely vary, but is there such a thing as saying, you know what? I think, uh, we've maxed out what we can do here and that's it.
2: Definitely. I think, you know, kind of like you said, it depends on what the issue is and. Depends on, you know, what the therapist suggests and what you all come to an agreement that's going to be best based on a treatment plan for you. Some people start off twice a week and go to once a month, once every other month. Some people, it's kind of like people who can, some people you give them the tools and they'll use those tools and they'll be super successful versus other people will need a little bit more guidance. kind of like working out like the people who need the personal trainer, will not need, but prefer a personal trainer versus the person that's going to do Jillian Michaels 30 day training by themselves and come out So it's those two different personalities and whatever approach works best for you. So it varies, but typically um just depends on the severity of the issue as to how long they'll have to be in therapy. But at least I always tell people don't think it's going to be one and done, y'all. This is not the minute clinic. Mm-hmm. Give time, trust the process. This is not CVS, little z pack people moving. Trust
0: the process.
1: Well, and, I, and I've and i even known some people that they have gone extensively and then were able to tear it back. And then sometimes they have to go for those, you know, refreshers here and there. Right. So, you know, it really could be a lifelong process for some people, just not a consistent weekly one. And then some people, it may absolutely be different because they may need that um, to help keep them balanced and keep them going, which is, you know, the goal. So,
2: yeah, especially like substance abuse. I know. Mm. um and I worked yeah. at a halfway house, which is like a whole nother, uh, well, it's mental middle house. But some people, like you said, that was a good example. Some people can go to AA, will be going to AA for the rest of their lives. Whereas some people, they don't, they do.
0: So that's true.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you say to the person who believes pray and everything will be all right? You don't need to see a therapist. I hear this all the time. So I was like, I'm going to ask, what does she think about this?
2: It makes me chuckle because won't he do it? Yes, yes, he, he will.
1: will.
0: Yes, but he I will. But I
2: also always tell people that the Bible says, "Faith without work is dead," and we can't just. If you feel a problem, start at church. A lot of churches have counseling. They have
0: like legit. Counseling. Mm-hmm. They
2: won't even marry you till you go to marital counseling. So for those people who say praying everything will be all right, please continue to pray. God will supply all your needs. But one of the needs that he is supplying are these resources for you to be able to go to counseling. And I get it. Some people, they just want to keep in the church. There's plenty of churches that have counseling. Mm-hmm. Talk to your pastor. Talk to your youth pastor. Talk to. Start with what makes you comfortable. But you can't. Like, if you're comfortable anything, you can't point to other people.
1: Come on now. get a little word there. <laughs> it's
2: just important. And I just want to speak people, on it. Um You know, especially us church going folk. That's real, but I'm loving how they're incorporating counseling in church more and making it just the norm.
1: Absolutely. And that, that's a perfect yeah, I word. I, I, I love it because that's exactly what it is. It's making, you know, people see, yeah, it's okay. It is okay to right. do it because I, I, I actually believe, you know, I don't know of any, but I'm just, you know, sometimes it gets kind of cultish when you're talking what I'm getting ready to say. But, you know, some people who do say, oh, you don't need that and this is that you know, you're keeping the stigma there and the shame there. And so then there that person is not getting the assistance that they need and could possibly spiral more out of control when all you have to do is just say it's OK. Let's let's right. walk this thing together, you know. Because I know they have support right. groups for a lot of family, um, you know, family members who deal with somebody with mental health illness. You know, in order to know how to support them, just like they well, we mentioned it just a second ago, the AA meetings. I know they have them for um, families as well to help support the loved one who is, you know, struggling with um, said crisis. So it's funny because that made me. I keep
2: saying it's funny. I think that's me. My mm-hmm. nervous. Mm-hmm. reaction. Mm-hmm. It's funny because it's not funny, but it makes me think of. And I was in elementary school and I was raised in the church. I still go to church watching this morning. Praise the Lord. Amen. So there was, it was Hurricane Katrina and I was still young. I had to be maybe sixth or seventh grade in my church. So some of the people who lost everything, they were coming to the church. I guess maybe they had family. So I met this girl and she was saying that she hadn't talked to her mom, hadn't seen her mom, and the church Mm. was offering counseling for people who were resulting of natural disasters and things like that so what do you tell a person like that who has had a tragic event happen and they're coming to church and so what do you say to them just pray through it like no we need to talk in a group we need mm-hmm. to have a community love on us we need to have community pray on us oh and I also the thing i love the most that people church they have like um prayer line now call them prayer line anonymously write your prayer on the email mm-hmm. I, the um, Joel Osteen has a like a prayer board kind of so you can submit a prayer anonymously or you can, it'll have your email.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Put a prayer up there, so I try to do that sometimes when I'm frustrated. and I think it's really helpful because it's reassuring that sometimes when I'm feeling in a moment, a person will respond. So their response it'll say, like, this person prayed for you, and sometimes they'll type something like, Stay strong, or I stand in agreement with this prayer, or by his stripes, we are healed. Amen. It's reassuring for people who might not want to. Take that step. But it's a small step to get off your chest around people who you'll be anonymous, but you'll be supported. And then I think that's a good way to kind of start it, too.
1: And sometimes that's what people need. That's all they need. Sometimes sometimes it's more, but sometimes that's all they need. And it's good that there are resources out there that will help you with that. So, yes, that is great. Do you know if there are studies that show that mental health concerns are hereditary? And if so, how?
2: So I know that they're doing, of course, there are thousands of studies around this topic. And I know they typically study twins because they have you know, the same DNA. So they'll do um, try to see what's passed down. I know to date, there's no test that you can take if you're expecting, if you're pregnant and you're about to have a baby, you can't take a test that will say, oh, your child has a 60% chance of being bipolar or a 70% chance of being schizophrenic. To date, they don't have that because there's so many different factors that contribute to your mental health. So um, but they are doing studies on that, and I think that the one that's most commonly to be passed down is substance abuse use to be passed down. That's the most common to be passed wow. down hereditarily, but like all research suggests, like some say yes, some say no, some are right in the middle, but they are doing ongoing research about that, um, and it just is kind of similar to that nature versus nurture conversation, Sure. kind of where they, I'm going back to twins again, but I didn't watch the documentary, but I want to watch it. It's called Three Strangers, and I think it was the brothers, their triplets, and they were separated at birth, and it was for like a study. And yeah. so those kind of those studies that they do to, you know, they all have the same DNA. We're going to put them in a different environment. We're going to see How
0: what they They yeah. have
2: similar, what things are different. Mm-hmm. So it's
0: interesting, though.
1: Is that something on Netflix?
2: I think it's either on Netflix, and I think it's also on Amazon, but I haven't watched it yet. It's, something I'm watching it's
1: called Three Strangers? hmm Okay. I'm going to have to look for that. Thank you. How can an individual possibly improve their mental health status? Um, in addition to going to counseling. Um, and I, I, I say this not lightly, but I know again, it's almost like a loaded question because it's so broad um, because some people they take the medication and the medication makes them sick. it has all these wicked side effects so then you try to look for the holistic approach and then you you know try to say well I'm not going to take medicine and then I'm just going to jog or I'm just going to meditate and this isn't this, and that but then you have maybe a psychotic break depending on what you're dealing with and then it's like okay maybe we need to do some recalibration or something so What do you say, you know, to an individual to possibly improve their mental health status in addition to possibly what they're already doing that is working? And again, I don't know what that is. That could be taking medicine. It could be, you know, going once or twice a week. So let's just say those two things are it. Medicine's working. Going once or twice a week is working. What other things do you, you know, could say that can possibly help uh, really anybody improve their mental health status? I always, I know
2: this is like the go-to for everything, but Get the exercise is really good. It gets the blood flowing. And it's not that simple because everybody's hectic. We have these busy lives, these busy days. But even if you can just get outside and walk for 15 minutes or walk around the house or go up and down the steps and just get the blood flowing, it'll really help you to feel better. Also, <laughs> again, I know I sound like everybody else, but eating clean. It's proven.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That, up, that what you, eat, well, you are what you eat. Yes. And that's that. But that affects your mood as well. Also learning your triggers and learning when to take a break and step away from things. So that's one of the benefits that hopefully people, you know, like you said, is situational, but knowing you need to take a break and step off. Mm-hmm. Know when you have to be like, okay, we're going to table this because it might escalate. And I also tell people all the time, use the tools that you have. So like I have Fitbit and Apple Watch and they both have the meditation like thing already on there. So for Fitbit, Um, If you're familiar with Fitbit, they have, you know, you set your workout goals for the week and you can also set your, I think it's called mindfulness, mindfulness, and they just added it on there. And so you set your goal for how many days you want to do it and it'll say, well, two minute meditation or five minute meditation. So I really, if you could just do two minutes in the morning when you first wake up, I promise you those breathing exercises are really good for stress relief and just learning and trying different ways to help cope with stress and know this is going to be an ongoing thing. So yeah, you're in therapy and yeah, you're taking your medicine, but know that this is going to be, essentially a lifetime commitment to make sure that you put yourself first, your mental health first. So sometimes that entails trying new things and saying, hey, you know what? Jump ain't for me, like mm-hmm.
0: me. I bought a bike, right?
2: I'm <laughs> a spin bike. It wasn't it. So then mm-hmm. I got a treadmill because I prefer... That type of workout versus the sitting down, but you have to, it doesn't have to be on that extreme scale where you spend all the, that money. But I'm saying, you know, if you don't like the meditation, try yoga. If you don't like the yoga, try to listen to soft jazz. If you don't like soft jazz, try to listen to the rain. Cause the rain makes me kind of sleepy. But I realized when I'm doing work, the soft jazz, I'm like, oh man, it's been six songs and I'm just grooving and typing and folks mm-hmm. back. So just be open to try different things, um, that cause you when you're feeling tense that help to alleviate that stress.
1: Yeah, Sue so jazzed it. I tell you, it is kind of like, woo, doo, doo, doo. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. woo. I was doing our taxes for the first time. I was like, oh, Lord, I put that on. I was like, oh, okay. I started flowing so there, soothing, yeah. Right? It is. It is. makes me sleepy. I, was
2: mm-hmm. like, I can't do this rain on a Tuesday, y'all. Mm-hmm.
1: It's very, it is very common and also a noise machine. Um, has been yes, very good for, yeah, when the, like when your mind's just racing at night for people who deal with anxiety. Um, you know, of course, I, I am a, I'm a prayer girl and read my Bible in the morning, but absolutely know that there are many other things that you can do in addition to even what I said or, um, you know, what Naya said, uh, to help you be the best you you can be daily. Do you have any reads that you could recommend to someone who is battling mental health concerns?
2: So it's funny because here I go. I, I know, I
1: know. We know, we know. Good. It's Doing good. things
2: like this is good though because you can hear yourself. Mm-hmm. You, so now I can say, okay, Naya, that's what you say when you're nervous or that's your whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. It's good for me too.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, so to answer your question about good reason and mental health. So what I read a lot is I have the Bible app mm-hmm. and I read the plans and they have an unlimited amount of resources that work for me personally. I also... What encourage people, the app that I always tell people to look at is it, called Goodreads. Mm. And they books. And so they um, have the books by the genre. So they have like self-help books, mindful, mindfulness books. And you can, it's just a review, but people review the books and they tell you know where you can buy the books. So that's for people who like books. But the reason I said the Bible app is because some people prefer just a shorter read. Like me, I'm a devotional girl. Every day I get a devotional. I send to my parents. And to my best friend, and that's just my the way I start my day. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely encourage people to figure out what they like to read, what's going to keep them involved, and make them want to read it every day. For some people, it's um, what's the one I just had that I found in my room? It's like um, I think it's Daily Meditations for African Americans, and it's Ayala Van Zandt. Okay, and it's a small book, and it's purple. And so I found that. So I'm going to start it in the new year because it's one of those like everyday ones, and I'm too are like now because it mm-hmm. was done. <laughs> <See>?
0: Beloved,
1: um, <laughs> honey, and she just, yes.
2: She, I, but it's good, and but that's for me and for mm-hmm. people who. um I just say read stuff that you're gonna like. That is absolutely
0: good
2: reading it and not feeling like you have to read. If the book club is not reading what you want to read, them up. Maybe just read a different book.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Maybe it's not books for you. Maybe it's podcasts. Maybe it's. Different forums. we trying to stay off the forums because sometimes they get a little trolly. Mm-hmm. But just trying to find what works for you. Um Psychology Today always has really good reads. Oh, nice. The American Psychological Association and the American Psychological Association, they post a lot of blogs. They'll say like, you know, five tips for a rainy day or 10 reasons to check in with your therapist weekly. So they have really good publications centered around mental health. And that's always, always, always a good resource for um, just a good read
1: and these are things that anybody, anybody could just google and find them like what you're talking about the
2: American there. Counseling Association ACA and APA the American Psychological Association they always have little I, them, I guess blogs so they have magazines that they you know publish so they'll put excerpts from there on there and also Psychology Today I love that website I always tell people to go there because they have different topic booths, um, things that they've discussed
1: awesome awesome Okay. All right, so, uh, sister, we about to wrap it up. So in closing, what would you say to those listening who may be balanced, mal- battling, excuse me, mental health concerns, um, or they know someone who is battling mental health concerns?
2: I would say that one, you're not alone and know that we are living in crazy times. And so mm-hmm. if you're feeling off, the world is off. If you are feeling stressed, know that that's a part of life, but I would encourage you to start today and take the power, the power was in your hands to take the step to improve your resilience and your emotional health. Don't wait until you're a crisis to make your mental health a priority. And it becomes easier to form new habits when you're feeling stronger versus you wait until one straw, you, mm-hmm. one straw, I'm feeling like it's going to break your back. Um, and just know that you are worthy to be in a good headspace and that you have the resources at your fingertips. Don't hesitate to. Reach out to people, get a recommendation from friends who might have been to therapy, call a hotline, be discreet about it. I always mm-hmm. tell you. you don't have to tell anybody that you're in therapy. I mean, it could be your little secret. <laughs> like, you don't have to make this proclamation to the world that, hey, I'm in therapy now, you know, but find a way that works. So you put yourself first, know that you're worth it and slowly start putting place into routines and habits that'll make you feel better. Gradually be open to the process because there's a process. Um, trust the process. And if you give
1: it 100%, I will give 100% back to you. Hey, that is a way to end the show. Thank you my sister. I love it. I love it. I love Thanks it. Thank you. Me. Thank you so much for coming on and just giving us these nuggets. Thank you so much. Um, we will be back next week for a new episode. So you guys stay tuned in Thursdays um, at seven. A lot of times when I put it up, um, most times it's pre-recorded. So it's all, It's when I put it up, it's up sometime on Thursday, but for the most part, it will be up definitely by seven. Um, a lot of times it doesn't get to iTunes until the next day, um, but more in iHeartRadio, but most of the, the other platforms that I'm on um, they will be up on Thursday by 7 p.m. Follow us on Instagram. What's the word with the lat Facebook? What's the word with the lat and on Twitter? It's what's the word with? I believe W.I.T. <laughs> two, excuse me, two. So and our number is 540-316-0445. Um, now, if anybody has any questions or concerns, um, is there a contact that they could? Um, reach out, or how can they find you on social media?
2: So, so, so I'm not on social media. I've been off for six years. Oh.
1: Um, <laughs> I love it.
2: Um, but they can send me an email for sure. They can email me at um, nayalew n i y a l e w at gmail dot com. And I check my email. I get every notification, so I'm pretty responsive. And I'll be more than happy to help um, anybody if they have any more questions or want to be sent some of the links that I was rambling about. <laughs>
1: I love it. I love it. All right. So until next week, we will do this again. You all take care and we will see you next week.